Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to another episode of Align with Lina. And today it is July the 13th, 2020. Yes, we are still in 2020. We've got, you know what, six more months to go. But today I am super excited to bring a guest to you that is going to not only share about her own personal journey, but she also assists others walking through their, their spiritual path. So you're gonna get a double whammy, um, insights from her personally, but also a wealth of wisdom that I know is going to assist you on yours. So today I have Rebecca um, Kirsten, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, I've known you for uh, several years, but we really haven't had a, an intimate conversation about your journey, my journey. And, you know, Align with Lina, I, I do this for one reason and one reason only. And that is to give people an opportunity to listen to individuals who, just like you, just like me, ordinary people who have gone through an extraordinary spiritual awakening. We have turned our lives upside down and we haven't floated off the planet. We're still here. <laughs> what does it look like to, to be somebody who complete, who does a 180? Because that's what this journey is. It's a 180 and continues to live in the world, but not of it. So thank you for being here with me today. Thank you. I'm so excited. Very excited to be with you. We're going to start where everybody starts. So tell me, when when did you begin to realize that there was more to life than what you had been taught there was that caused you to, you know, get curious about something else? Mm -hmm. So that unraveling really happened for me in my 20s. But I've always been a very sensitive person. Um, I always joke with my mother as as I was growing up as a teenager, um, I would say to her, because I, I felt that I felt the sensitivity to how much how much dysfunction was in my environment. And I knew something was off. I just could sense that. So, you know, I would joke with her. I'm like, I thought either you guys were crazy or I'm crazy, but I'm gonna spend my life trying to figure that out and, and really questing for truth. Um, but I very much like a lot of people did what the elders who have come before us said to do, get a good education, get a house, find a husband, you know, have, have a family, save for retirement, um, slide safely into, you know, your golden years and everything's taken care of. Um, and as we know, that's, that's an illusion. So I actually had, um, I had a little girl and her name was Aiden Grace. And Aiden was born um, premature at seven months. And so she was only with us for a couple weeks. And during that couple weeks, just, just really uh, awoke me to, you know, so much more than what I was, I was living. And, um, and that loss just really propelled me. I was 27 at the time. Um, it propelled me to, to do a deeper dive. And at the time I didn't have the tools to process the level of grief that I was experiencing. So two months after that loss, I actually enrolled in grad school and went through an MBA program that had a lot of focus on personal development, learning more about yourself. Um, it was through corporate profiles, but it, it really opened me up to um, one of my life lessons of learning, of learning more about myself and why am I here and what do I want to do with my sacred time on this planet? Um, and so I would say when I was 27, that really started the process. Um, but as Joseph Campbell says, you know, we're going through the heroine's journey um, or as Carolyn Mays talks about the five stages of a sacred contract. And that can take um, some time because it is a process. So fast forward several years, I actually um, had a, a business with my brother doing high-end landscapes, pond streams, waterfalls, custom landscapes. I did that for five years um, and was married, again, had the house, had all of these things I thought was going to bring me happiness. And then we had the 2008-2009 housing crash. And yeah, all of those things just started to 
um, dismantle. And so I stepped out of my business. I stepped out of my marriage. Um, I actually on a trip out to California, reconnected with an old friend of mine that I hadn't seen since my daughter's passing and, um, you know, actually got messages um, from, from her. I didn't know it, but he was, he had mediumship abilities and I knew nothing about spiritual development. I knew nothing about the intuitive world. I knew nothing about any of that. And the messages that came through from her were, were for me to, to wake up and to take it seriously and to start living my life as, as a healer and to connect in with that path. And so, um, it just really shook me to my core. And so I did take a year long sabbatical to discover my path and my purpose and my truth. Cause I didn't know what that was. And, um, that's when I was actually led to the Akashic records. So, um, you know, during that time, it, uh, 2012 is when I was led to the records and I had a powerful year. I know. Right. Yeah. All the timing is so crazy. Um, so I found a mentor connected in with the records and for the first time in my life felt like I, I had found my home. I had found something that made sense in terms of who we are, why we're here, what we can do with our time. And, you know, again, I'd been kind of searching for that my whole life because my family just didn't make a lot of sense to me. So I was finally able to start to put the puzzle pieces together and again, to anchor into my sacred truth, because I feel like we spend our whole life trying to find the puzzle pieces. And we're just like, this doesn't make sense. Like, you know, there's such a big part of it missing. And, and so that was, that was the journey. And, and, um, you know, I, I never looked back. That was eight years ago and, and I love the work and I do it full time and it gives me tremendous meaning to connect in and yeah. share those puzzle pieces with people. Totally. Oh, I love everything that you're saying. Our, our journeys are so similar. I, um, I, I, I had a pretty, pretty idyllic childhood. You know, I, I grew up in the Dominican Republic and, and it, it was really charming. We lived um, in the city, but my family had farms. And so I grew up with animals. I grew up well, with the beach. I grew up dancing and um, amazing food and, and a lot of freedom. I mean, we, we, we ran around the neighborhood. It was back in the days when you were not afraid of anything. Everybody was watching everybody's kids. So it was relatively charming uh, childhood, but it had its, it had its things because inside of that, uh, I grew up believing that, well, hearing the story that my parents wanted me to be a boy. So I always felt that there was something wrong with me. Like I was a disappointment always for my dad because I was supposed to be Joseph Jr. And they, they didn't have a son. They ended up having four daughters. And, but it, it just kind of stuck with me that I was this major disappointment. And when I began to have my spiritual awakening, which started in 2002, you know, it's, I had no idea how that thought in my mind had planted a seed of self-doubt, of lack of confidence, of insecurities, of having me build this mask, this pretense that I'm this stronger, more powerful person. So my journey had me look at this idea that I had about myself and recognize that like you, it was like, who am I? No, I don't belong here. What's going on here? And then I began to tap into spiritual information, information about the woo-woo world out there, which felt very uncomfortable at first because I was Catholic. So I felt like I was really sinning big time. And, and I had to move through some of that and then began to tap into other information that helped me heal that story and in the healing of that, that sense of there's something wrong with me, it opened me up to what was right with me, what was grand with me. And I, I would not have called it the Akashic Records because those were not the words that were coming to me at the time. I was getting guidance. I, I had a, I, I was receiving guidance from the consciousness for me showed up as Jesus from, from the very beginning. That's who was guiding me through it. But tell me about you tapping into the Akashic Records and what did that help you heal 
about in you know in your in your human world and your your human identity what does that help you feel because obviously you're tapping into the other world so so give me both what yeah. what are you tapping into and what was it helping you feel right so we all access the records um it's i call it the cloud technology of the divine right it's the quantum field it's the book of life um, it's the collective unconscious. It's what Einstein referred to as the unified field. Um, so even if even if you're accessing Jesus or any of the ascended masters, it's all that um, collective energy of source, of creator. And mystics and sages and wayfinders have been accessing the records, the quantum field since the beginning of time. So. Um, we call it by a lot of different names, Indra's Net of Jewels, um, but it's speaking to that um, beautiful technology that we all have access to. And what the records helped me heal was a profound wound around self-worth. Um, again, I, like I said earlier, I grew up with a lot of dysfunction. It was a very agricultural, rural setting. I did like that, connecting in with nature and those kinds of things. But um, my mother, I had two brothers, I was the middle child, and she just, you know, didn't have a nurturing quality around female energy. And so I was this, you know, little girl, very sensitive, and we we never had a relationship where I felt nurtured and, and held. My mom didn't, you know, hug me and tuck me in at night and say, I love you. It wasn't a warm kind of you know, relationship. And, and so I had profound wounds around, around that. Um, my oldest brother was a bully. So just going through this family um, situation where I, I didn't have a lot of love for myself. And I did think absolutely that I was broken and there was something wrong with me. So um, because I, I felt things so intensely and everyone around me just seemed to let things roll off of them. They didn't seem to take it in in such a deep empathic level. And, and so um, it was really, again, grounding into, well, who am I and what's my place in the world? You know, um, why, why am I so sensitive? Why am I so empathic? And you know, ever, am I ever gonna find work that is right for me? Am I ever gonna find relationships that are right for me? So. Um, the records helped me really unravel um, a lot of why I had the soul agreements that I had with the individuals, you know, that I chose as family members. It helped me really look at a lot of the, the karmic patterns around self-worth and um, go deeper and to, and to heal all of those things and, and to just see that, you know, um, they were continuing to be activated in my life and we all have that and that's that's the purpose of our journey is to bring healing to that which exists in the shadow to make that conscious to make you know to bring light to that um and to really step out of living from an unconscious place um i love bruce lipton's work with epigenetics and he just talks about how most people are you know, 90% of our life is driven by our subconscious and our unconscious. And then we call that fate, we call that destiny. And it's like, no, <laughs> it's life really begging you to wake up and to bring healing to all of the perpetuating patterns. And the reason I love the records is because it's direct access to what are these patterns. And I, I remember my first exposure to the records, I had a session with someone and she nailed it. She's like, you know, you have a, a critical mother, two brothers, you grew up in a cult, literally all the things that I had recreated um, in my life. And I'm just like, wow, um, you know, and, and, and it, it was, it's, it's, we are attempting to bring healing to those patterns that we continue to perpetuate around not enoughness, right? And then we go out into the world and we seek all of the things to distract us from our not enoughness and you know our culture and society love that we buy into if you just have this if you just look this way if you just marry this person then you will feel enough you know so um yeah it's waking up to what is my truth and 
how do I exist, like you said, in the world but not of the world and um, really bring healing so I can start to step into my higher potential and not live out those wounds. Yeah, I definitely want to get into more uh, the Akashic Records specifically. One of the things that I know is, is my purpose is um, simplifying what this all this spiritual stuff is is about, making it practical, making it easy to understand. So, so let me take what she just said and put it in a way that should give you a real clear understanding of the process that we all go through. And actually, it, it's what I I love teaching, um, and I call it the soul's journey. And I was given six phases that we all go through from conception to enlightenment. And if you go to my website, lineorlando.com, you're going to get that for free. If you just register for that, you're going to get a video series that's going to walk you through those phases. But in a nutshell, we are divine beings. Before we incarnate, before we become physical, we know as the consciousness that Rebecca's talking about, the, the consciousness of Jesus that I tapped into, the Akashic Records, that, that intelligence, that knowingness, that infinite all-knowingness that everything emanates from, from that space, we have we make a decision. We want to have a physical incarnation. But when we incarnate, we have to remember that we incarnate to people who have forgotten that that's what they are. They forget that that's what we are. They don't check when we're born to make sure our halo is, is nice and bright. <laughs> they check for 10 fingers and 10 toes. I did that with my children. So we descend into a world that has become outer focus. It's become physically focused. It's become very dense because we seek for our validation from from external means. You know, like like you were saying, those those shiny things out there that make us feel fill us up. Advertisers understand that. And when we fully completely disconnect from our truth, we literally descend into a very small idea of who we are, and then we spend the rest of our lives trying to prove that we're somebody. Well. This journey of awakening, once once it begins for us, it's a journey of unraveling that story. You've got to go through it. You've got to realize that you're not your experiences. You're not you're not your your labels. You're not your uh, you know you're not your ethnicity. You're not your sex. You're not your your you know um, religion. You're not your you're none of those things. You are infinite intelligence playing with those things, using those things to have a physical experience, to have a human experience. And then we've got to reclaim the truth of who we are, which is the process of ascension, ascending, coming back up into the higher frequency of, of the truth of who we are. So tapping into those, those records, into that truth, into the more of what we are, pulls us out of a very small bubble. But Tell me a little bit before we get into the records. When, how was it for you, pulling out of that little bubble? Because leaving the world that I knew, that I was so, this is truth. This is who I am, and by gosh, I'm right about who lying I is. Was very painful, very very painful. I saw masks and attachments and um, just my ugly side. I got to see what a controlling bitch I could be and how how deceptive and and the masks that I would wear to connive my way into getting my way that was really challenging to see that how was it for you um yeah I think for me throughout my life I was so connected into the sadness and then knowing that something was so off um that there was there was just such a liberation and a freedom of oh my goodness like that is why i felt the way that i felt so it actually affirmed me um not that i didn't have shadows and masks and all those things but i had never connected in with religion um that was something that was forced upon me and i i wasn't you know entangled with that in the way to where it defined me. Um, it always felt really off to me. And, you know, and learning that the soul doesn't have a gender, a race, um, you know, 
uh, all of the things that are part of culture like that again that was so liberating um and you know i i'm a person who overly responsible i always very safe keeping i played the role of mother for people so really what the awakening process did is it stepped me out of codependent relationships because in my 20s i actually would move girlfriends people who were going through divorces people who needed someone to help them adult up you know i would move them in my and this is me in my 20s and some of these people were older than me and i'm guiding them on how to live uh as an adult and and so that was the role that's what distracted me in my 20s um you know but it was still being of service it was just a codependent aspect of service um and and before that i had done social work so i was a person who was always trying to be um of service but i, I would say you know the awakening process it was really like rebecca you're also a part of the equation you can't always be focused on everyone else. So it was really me starting to see that I needed to honor myself and love myself and not get value from saving everyone else who was drowning. You know, I needed to look at my own life and really bring attention to one, why am I doing that? And, you know, what part of me is is getting value and esteem from from doing those codependent roles. And it was more around that type of dynamic so you were trying to save them from drowning and i was controlling them so they wouldn't go near the water <laughs> <laughs> so two two sides to the same coin of yeah. not being internal with us but being external in one way or another yeah so tell us about those akashic records how did that first of all um you said that you went and had a session so when you met with this reader what 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 did they let's see so for somebody who's brand new explain that like if it was a first session and then tell us about more about it yeah so basically when i went through my practitioner training the mentor had us partner with another practitioner and exchange sessions so this was another person who was learning how to do the records and I was learning how to do the records and then we would swap, swap sessions. Right. And really what it is, and we all have the ability to access the records and already are, we just don't call it that, um, is plugging into that field, receiving the intuitive downloads, the guidance. Um, and we all have different ways that we get the intuitive information. Um, and, for me, following a very specific process that I was trained on that leads to high levels of intuitive accuracy. Um, and it's 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 basically putting the story together for someone. And there are foundational sessions I do, the soul profile reading and clearing. And it, it's like, okay, first let's look at who you are as a divine being, right? Because no one ever hands us when when we're little here's the guidebook for humanity. This is how you're going to live your life and find fulfillment. Um, we have to figure that out for ourselves. Uh, often we struggle with that because it's a lifelong journey of what? Uh, undoing all the things that we were, we were programmed. But um, so that soul profile looks at who am I at soul level, right? Not the cultured part of me, not, the things that my parents imprinted upon me or religion imprinted upon me, but at a deep soul level, what are the energetic essences that I made up of? And these are aspects of divinity that when we are thinking of the divine, we think of compassion, we think of creation, we think of divine order, divine love and healing, divine self-expression, truth, power, wisdom, and these different energies have a different way of expressing in us and becomes part of our divine self-expression. And so the records connects us in with those um, qualitative aspects of our soul. And we also learn about our, our cosmic lineage and our soul group and um, life lessons. What are the themes for this incarnation? So it's a really deep dive into who we are at a deeper level 
um, soul level gifts that we have that we bring in with us. Um, all these fascinating things that we've always wondered about ourselves that we intuitively feel, but the records put puts languaging to that. And that's really powerful um, because then you can say, oh my goodness, someone is witnessing me. They're seeing me. And that's how I felt. Like I was like, I just had a person witness me for the first time in my life. Yeah. But that is, that is exactly what happens to every single person when we remember the truth of who we are and somebody recognizes, yes, that we're not just these skin and bones. It's that, that innocence, that perfection, that holiness. Yes. I, I totally see that in you. And so that's a really powerful experience. And then the other part of the session really takes a look at, given that this is your divine potential, why are you not fully living that? Why are you sabotaging yourself? Where are the patterns that you're blocking that vital force energy, that light from being expressed in you? And, and that's where the rest of that session really goes deeper into that looking at things like you know genetic karma i mean all of these different things that that we are carrying around with us that we can finally just honor for the the insights that it's brought along the way right on our soul's journey and it is a soul's journey and then releasing that and and just letting all of that go so we can step into a higher level of healing and really bring wholeness back to our divine soul blueprint um and and that's you know that's the records are amazing for that and it, it's it's a database of everything so it's not just one thing i literally can access anything in the records as long as i have a frame of reference for it um so i will just go create sessions sometimes because i'm like you know i'm i, I want to explore that i want to bring that information back to my client so i can look and see what are the sacred contracts that someone has has chosen for this incarnation i can look at relationship dynamics with any other person um, i can read the akashic record of a business um, i can share with the person their manifesting blueprint and how their soul wishes to create in the physical so there's infinite access to going deeper with how to live a life of fulfillment and and really that's what we're here to do is and you know, um, in my perspective, live as the embodied soul to ground our divinity into our humanity without separation. Um, and I wanted to share a quote because I saw this yesterday and it was so profound. Um, and it's from Matt Kahn. And he says, the essence of being spiritual is learning how to be consciously human. Right. Um, and, and I just I love that because that's really what we're doing and, and ascension isn't about leaving my physical body it's not about escaping the physical it's about how do i create heaven on earth how do i become the master creator just as you know jesus and and buddha and, and all of these amazing masters who walked to earth who demonstrated they mastered the creative process they mastered divine self-expression and that's what they came to share with us. And we were too ignorant to receive that message, but it's about awakening to that. Well, it is, it's about a full embodiment. It is, that's why I call this aligned with Lina, because it is an alignment with an essence that is the, the, the truth of who we are. But we all get conditioned to believe that we're only the human parts and totally, completely disconnect from our divine self. So the awakening is an integration of the two. We're waking up to remember that there's so much more to us. So, you know, if, if this is new to you, listening to Rebecca and I are talking about, this is how profound the information that we have not been taught is. Everything is energy. Everything, everything is energy. And when you understand that energy is, is nothing more than intelligence, it's, it's information, it's potential, it's, it's possibility, it's probability. And in, it, in its infinite nature, there is no end to what can be created. And if you think about it, we all typically get conditioned to go to school, get a 
get a degree, learn a trade, do a job. And that's, we do one thing for the most part, we do the one thing for the rest of our lives. So we retire and then we get to have fun for a few months and then we croak. <laughs> um, but when, when your mind is conditioned to believe that all you are is what you think you are and, and what you do is part of who you are, that is like tapping into point zero 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 one percent of what we are so this this intelligence is the energy that is all around us it permeates us it's it envelops us it's and that's what we need to become conscious about so a human that becomes conscious that is aware is operating not with such a tiny fraction of potential but it's like we open the door to infinite potential and it's unlimited. You you can have as much as you want, depending on how much you're willing to receive. And that's what's so beautiful about when you tap into the Akashic records, when you tap into consciousness, there is no limit. There's, so you cannot be defined and confined. There is no limit. How, how has this changed your personal life? It has changed every aspect of my life. I have thriving relationships. Um, I have a very abundant life. I really have tried to create my life in a way that's aligned with my, my divine self-expression. Um, I live in nature. I live in beauty. I literally have just recreated um, that heaven on earth because I want to be self-expressed and I want to have freedom and I want to be able to travel when I want to travel and, and have the abundance and um, to just be able to set myself up in a way to where, you know, every day is a playground and um, it's awesome. You know, it's awesome to, to live in that world. Um, but the challenge sometimes is I want to share that with others and it's such a hard, you know, it's, it's not a light switch. Like people want transformation to be a light switch. It's not an event. It is a qualitative shift in your reality. There's not some, loud booming voice from the heavens that says, ah, you've arrived, you know, it's a qualitative shift and we've been taught it's a quantitative shift, you know, yeah. but to be able to um, feel fully alive, deeply connected, you know, to create the things that you want to create. Like I'm a person who, because I am, in front of infinite possibility. It's like being at the grocery store and there's 300 jars of tomato sauce. It's like, well, which one do I choose? You know, it, it's exciting. It's awesome. Um, and, you know, it, it is also about, okay, well, with power comes responsibility. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. With power comes responsibility. Just because I can create that doesn't mean I should, right? And so I really also feel into what do I want to give my precious time to? Because we only have 24 hours in the day and, um, you know, we are responsible for the things that we create. Um, I have a very full life. I have animals, you know, that I've rescued. I have two homes. I uh, have a, an amazing relationship with my husband. I have all of these beautiful things in my life, but you know, I also just want to make sure I I'm um, discerning about what I'm creating because once you start to tap into the your manifesting abilities, I mean, it's like oh my goodness, it's like a kid in a candy store. You know, um, there's so much that we can create, and and I want to I want to be conscious about what I'm creating as well. Well, let's talk about your your relationship because for me, my my journey and it's been going on now since two thousand two, about eighteen years. So I was married to the father of my children at the time, and it was a wonderful relationship. We, we were really best of friends, and that's that's pretty much the essence of the relationship. It was a really deep relationship, and I had a safe place in which to begin to to transform. 
and my transformation then led me to to the recognition that we were you know that that romance that that real deep um intimate connection just was not there so about eight years later our our relationship completed and actually you know more like six years later but then i ended up meeting somebody that was one of those wow this is my soulmate love at first sight kind of a thing we used to say remembering that first sight a complete soul contract that came to rock my world and what was started to be absolutely amazing turned turned out to be dismantling uh, a pretty insidious aspect of me which i call my spiritualized ego that's when i began to see my spirituality spirituality and teaching had gone to my head and and in that relationship i i got to see things that i still needed to grow so then that ended those two incredible relationships and now i'm in in a relationship where i feel we're we are more of a soul match how has your transformation you've been with your husband the whole time this, since your journey well no since you had your akashic record reading oh well, i met i actually met him in 2009 so yes okay. he, he knew me when i was um the owner of a, of a landscaping company so before um and he actually was i was with him when I went out to San Francisco and got the messages um, for my daughter who had passed, and and he was with me on that that experience too. So he's been with me since the beginning. Okay. Of all of this. So how has this um, affected your your relationship? Um, in just tremendous ways, because while I was. In you know, stepping out of the business and, and um, I had actually gotten uh, a divorce in January of 2009. And then I met uh, my husband, Joel, in, in September of that year, 2009. Um, and, and I'm still the best of friends with my, my um, I call him my husband. Um, we're still the best of friends. He's awesome. Uh, we grew up together. I mean, I got married when I was 23 and, and I think relationships never end. They just change status. Right. So, um, definitely. And, and, and he's still very much in my life. Um, but Joel was going through his own chaos cycles of trying to figure himself out and was navigating a divorce, um, had a daughter. He was just trying to figure out what he wanted to, how he wanted to live his life. He was more of an agnostic when I met him. Um, his, his um, culturally Jewish and um, in his family, they didn't really step into the religious side of, of Judaism as much. So um, he grew up in Potomac, Maryland, and he, he, um, he really saw that more things were about how things appear versus being aligned with integrity. So that was the path for him was to try and figure out, well, how do I live a life of wisdom and integrity? Because from where I grew up, it was all about the show and what, you know, what we can put on in terms of a front. So people, you know, will think we have, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, yeah. And so it was a, it was a journey for us because he wasn't, he knew nothing about just like I didn't, he knew nothing about spiritual development, that world intuition, the mystical life, he knew nothing about that. And so he had a lot of resistance in in the beginning um, because he was like, what? Like, I feel like you're morphing into this person and you know, that wasn't already online when I met you. Um, and very scary. Too. It was very scary, you know, and he's like, what you're stepping into this business that you're going to create where you're accessing you know, uh, an invisible database and sharing information with people. And um, let me also mention that my husband is a psychiatrist. So, <laughs> uh, so he's thinking she's gone cuckoo. I know. He's like, Woo. Um, no, he, he was really, once he got past his fear and, and more, it was fear around entrepreneurship because he, he'd always worked for someone and he was just like, what, you know, and, and I grew up, my mom was an entrepreneur. My brother's an entrepreneur. Um, I just have more of that, that risk, um, you know, ability to stop in and create. I love to create. So, um, that felt more watching you morph also. Oh, totally. So he was watching me morph. He was watching me 
shift these areas of my life. And, and, um, he, he just had, he had a lot of challenges, um, navigating, um, his, his ex-wife and his daughter. And then his mother, we moved his mother here from, from DC and, and for about seven, eight years, he was her primary care, um, giver for Alzheimer's and dementia. And, and so we uh, had her in assisted living and then eventually had to put her in memory care. So he had all of these family ob obligations going on at the same time, but really started to open up to um, the metaphysical work and the Akashic records. And, and I like to explore other stuff too, gene keys, human design, astrology, all kinds of different maps that we can use to plug into our divine blueprint. Oh, there's and, so much, there's so much wisdom out there. Yeah. And, and he was, he would come with me. He was open enough to come to workshops. I took him to events, um, out in Arizona, um, California and 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 he was blown away because he was meeting these intuitives who obviously have backgrounds in psychology too but he's like you guys are literally like in the 90th percentile for being able to assist people and tap into what's going on for them um, beyond any of the therapists I've worked with and he's like I just I'm amazed because it's not sit on my couch for 10 years you're plugging in in a couple sessions and you're helping them move through massive amounts of trauma. Yeah. And, and so he, he, he saw that, um, he started to, um, also embody that do the work himself. You know, obviously I, I worked with him in the records. And, and so he started to apply this to his own, his own journey and, and was just really blown away. Um, by the results that that we were getting you know that standard practice western medicine you know he got to compare and contrast that and and so um now he is he he loves it um he actually has a gene key session tonight with someone that i've connected him in with because he's he's navigating a new job and it's really stressful it's bringing up his anxiety and his control and um, you know, I work with him as much as I can, but I'm his wife. That's not my role. So, you know, I do partner with him with really awesome people who can help him go deeper with that, but he loves it. And it's, it's changed his life as well. And, and the quality of his relationships, you know, so. Yeah. What about the quality of your relationship? Because what I find is that when we go down this path, there, there is a transparency that takes place. There is no secrets. You know, I cannot be in a relationship that where there is any secrets. That that's just not going to uh, be part of my process. My my, I'm not giving any energy into holding anything back. Right. And my current uh, partner, we met about a year ago, and one of the things that was very clear to me when when we met, I wasn't looking for a partner, but for me, I knew that I had, I had three things that were very important. Number one, my relationship with God, creator, source, spirit, whatever you want to call it, is my number one priority because that's where I get all of my juice and that is, that, that is what sustains me. So whoever I was going to be partners with needed to have their own relationship with the, the divine and that needed to be their priority. I could not be anybody's priority. That's not going to happen ever again. And uh, then it had to be a dancer because I love dancing and life had to, we had to be committed to fun and ease. There had to be a flow. And so we met and, and that's part of, uh, well, those were the three main things that connected us. But the transparency is so powerful because it allows for in the now moment to address whatever is coming up and relationships are designed, I think, to reveal the best of us, but they also show where there's a block to that, which means you know, the not so nice parts of us. And if we don't use it to to um, help polish that divine diamond that we are, um, it can become a very painful experience. Somebody, you know, pointing at your <laughs> not so shiny side. How how is your relationship for the two of you? Yeah, it. Oh man, it's, it's been a journey. I, I feel like I've known Joel like for so many lifetimes and, and he feels the same way. And, um, we do that dance very well. So holding the space for the other person, 
um, to be transparent, to have their shadows, to have their moments. And, and like I said, you know, I talked to you before we got on the call, he started a new job and it's brought up a lot for him. And, and I've been able to hold that space for him to, to kind of unravel a little bit, to try and figure out like what's his next steps in terms of career. And that's always been a solid foundation for him. He's a Capricorn. He just, he needs to have, you know, um, career and, and stability. And that's been a little shaky, especially in, in COVID times as a physician, that's really, it's scary and it's challenging. And, um, but we do that dance very well. And, and, you know, we call each other our tier one, like, it doesn't matter what's going on for you. I've got your back and, and he's got my back, you know, whether it's, you know, light side or shadow side. And, um, you know, we, we've definitely, um, been with each other through highs and lows and, and, um, really grown a lot and expanded a lot in that. And, um, he can, you know, have tendencies to be a people pleaser. And I really push him to be expressed and to, to really anchor into what his truth is and, and not to say something that would just please me. So he's done a lot of growth around that and, um, has made tremendous gains in that, you know, because I want him to know what his truth is and, and to really, you know, live that. So we've grown a lot together and it's been such a fun ride and, and he is my best friend and, you know, it's doing this physical experience. Like it's not for the faint of heart. It, it really is like a spiritual workout and um, there's no one else I would rather be doing that with than Joel because he just, he's fun. And, you know, you were talking about the things that you guys like to do. We like to travel. We like to explore. We're both creators. We're both manifestors. So we like to have shared visions on that. And, you know, we are talking about our vision for the next five years and, and actually taking a look at that today, because now that he's on the road a lot, we don't have a lot of downtime together, but um, you know, really looking at what do we want to do. And, and so I think it's important to have visions where you're working together to that end and that you can share all aspects of yourself with your partner. You know, if I had to hide the spiritual side of me, why well, would that would be impossible? I wouldn't be able to do that. Um, but I, I can't put that in a closet and be like, Oh, here's my 3d self. And then, you know, my spiritual self is over here. Like it's all of me. Like you, it's either you do all of it or you do none of it and not to be black and white, but it's such an important part of who I am. And, yeah. and he knows that. And, and it's become a really important part of, of who he is and he connects with his guides and he meditates and, you know, he accesses things and we'll do shamanic journeying with me. Cause I love to do that too. That's so much fun to explore. So, you know, in, in your, all these things that you're saying, it, if people can get something out of this conversation, I hope is that you realize there is so much in the unseen world. There is so much to tap into. We really are, every one of us, when we connect to source, we literally open up a, a doorway. We, are, we become a little portal where infinite intelligence, infinite wisdom, infinite joy, infinite, infinite love can pour into this incredible experience that we call being human. And when when you can do that with a partner, how powerful is that? Because now it's a double door that opens up. It's not just your single door. That that's a that's a whole lot that can come through that that specific doorway. But let's talk about the world as it is today. Because you and I both understand when when you begin to realize the infinite potential that there is, and then you begin to look at this 3D world the way that it is showing up, we, we can see what's going on. There's a major transformation. The whole planet is on, on, on an ascension path. Mm -hmm. And oh, what happens within is happening without. So every single individual is having an opportunity to go through their individual awakening. But then there's also the collective. So a, a group, let's say the Jews have their awakening, the, Christ, the Catholics, the Christians have their collective awakening. We're waking up from limitations. We're waking up from ideas that humans have agreed upon that are 
they could have been inspired by the divine. But once the humans decide that this is it, this is so, these are the rules, this is the way it is, you know what? Things tend to atrophy. Things tend to collapse on themselves because something called control takes over. And when there's control, there's power, there's rights and wrongs, who's on top, who's on the bottom. And we're seeing that in the in the world collectively, that system is breaking down. It is 3D, third dimension. It is what we are leaving. We, we are launching off of that to accept more of our divinity so that we can move into a higher realm of existence. That means moving out of survival and stepping into thriving in, in a collective way. So what are your thoughts? What are you hearing from when you tap into the Akashic records in terms of what is happening to the collective that we could uh, glean from the Akashic records, maybe some tips, ideas, wisdom to better deal with what's happening? Yeah, um, we definitely are in a, um, a collective cycle. Uh, we can call them chaos cycles and chaos cycles, just kind of like when we went through our sacred contracts and awakening, um, the Greeks looked at chaos as the genesis of, of birthing that new creation, right? So chaos is very much a part of divine order. Um, and it's just like if you're remodeling your kitchen, it gets really dusty, it gets really dirty, everything gets broken apart, it feels chaotic, you're like, oh my goodness, I can't even imagine what it's going to look like when it's done. But then when it gets reassembled and reintegrated into something new, it is a stronger foundation, right? And so we have needed to go through this because as you said, old systems, old structures, they are um, they're uh, archaic. They no longer support what we're moving into and and who we are um, going to become. And so, it definitely 2020 um, is the, is the year of of really examining who we are, how we show up, and if that's in alignment with what we're moving into. Um, and, and I heard someone talk the other day. It was so powerful. It's like, what is our past asking of the present moment? Like when we look at the past and how we've been and how we've, you know, built our civilizations on um, colonialization and, and all of the ways that we've been, is that aligned with what we're wanting to create? And if not, how can we bring light to humanity's shadow side that's really coming up unlike it has in our lifetime yeah. to really examine you know how to step into holism how to step into one world um because the divine you know it's not separated by borders um kind of how we have the geography of, of our world it's unity consciousness it's one world, one humanity. And we don't treat each other as fellow brothers and sisters of humanity, uh, unfortunately. We, we just don't. And so all of those things karmically are coming up for us to examine that. And I did a channeling out of the Akashic Records for one of my blogs, I think it was in April, and I tapped into um, the elder councils and they were talking about the virus and, and how that was coming through for us to really look at how do we treat mother nature? How do we treat our planet? Um, because we cannot continue to treat it the way that we have and expect that we're gonna move forward, um, you know, with the same level of resource that we've had and, and source is a part of resource, right? So, so how do, we treat our resources differently. How do we be powerful stewards of this beautiful planet that we were given as a physical playground to step into our divine self-expression? How do we bring sacred to that? How do we honor that? So all of these things are happening on the collective for us to really examine um, how we've been living. And, and again, is that going to work for what we wanna create moving forward? Like you said, we wanna create 
um, a world where we can all thrive. Um, and, you know, if we look at the, the 17 global goals of the United Nations, oh my goodness, there's so much work to be done. Clean water, clean air, you know, peace and, and justice and institutions, all of these different mandates that we can all really be a part of and, and contribute our time and resources to so that we all have um, the ability to step into uh, a healthier world. Yeah, and, and absolutely. And to be able to create that healthier world, we have to be healthy inside. Absolutely. We've got to clean up our own uh, selfishness, our own codependency, our own ideas of less than, because when we operate as victims, we become susceptible to bullies telling us what to do. Again, to, to do what happened to us as children, where you are basically surrounded by those who think that they know better for you. And if we don't cultivate a healthy relationship with ourselves, get to know what is it that feels good to me? What is it that I desire? And then tap into that divine essence that guides you, that inspires you, that wants to bring something through you. Well, it's, it's really easy to give our power away to others. And in essence, that's really what we're waking up from is we have, we have been conditioned to believe that our safety and security came from mother, father, teacher, preacher, government. And well, all of those people have their own agendas if they're self-centered, if they're self-serving. And that is what the corruption in the world is today is a lot of people who have positions of power, but they're not serving the greater God. And to, to be able to serve the greater good, you've got to come inside and, and discover your worth so that you don't settle for being part of somebody else's agenda, but rather being the, the vessel through which God's agenda source, whatever you want to call it, can express through you. What are some of the things that you see are characteristics of those that you've been working with all these years now that you've been doing this? Um, that are qualities that are going to help build a new earth. There are qualities that are going to bring heaven on earth that people cultivate once they do their inner work. Well, one of the big things, you know, and definitely during the time that I've been doing this, but also what's up for us this year is where do I really have power and where do I have powerlessness, right? And really going within ourselves and, and, and looking at that, because as you were saying, um, if we're connected into greed and selfishness and fear and disempowerment, which is epidemic in our culture and our society, well, if you use those as fundamental building blocks to create, that has a weak bond, okay? Because those energies are lower vibrational. So it's not a strong foundation. So how can we create a new world that has a higher frequency of love and unity and wholeness and all of the other aspects that the records and, and again, many other modalities will connect us into, which, which is the truth of who we are. And so the people that I've worked with, they've been able to, to feel connected. They've been able to anchor into their sacred truth, to create relationships that nurture and support them. Um, to find their voice, to be able to speak out, to go and create work that's meaningful and not to just stay stuck in a job um, because they're tapped into powerlessness. And it's like, well, I'm on the hamster wheel and I have to get a paycheck. You know, a lot of people, that's their reality. And that's obligation and sacrifice. The divine is not living out of obligation and sacrifice. It's freedom. It's empowerment. It's self-expression. You know, that's why I work for myself, because I know I have to have a life of freedom and self-expression and to be able to be uniquely Rebecca. And anything that cages me or puts me into a box, I'm going to wither and die. I, I, I just can't do that. And so really being able to look at the fact that you are at choice. You're the master creator of your reality. You get to choose how you're creating your physical life circumstances. And when you do that from an empowered place, you're not going to tolerate things that are less than that. Yeah, but that's, 
Yes, but what you're saying is so, so key is we have been conditioned to tolerate. Anybody who's in a job for a paycheck has been conditioned to tolerate. Right now, the discomforts that are going to continue to intensify that, that remodeling of the kitchen that you were talking about, the discomfort of having to go through that is to continue to look at the places that we are afraid of losing what keeps us safe. Because while we are looking for something to keep us safe, we are tolerating giving up our freedom for safety. And that is that is not an easy thing to have to face and to work through. I had to go through that with my first marriage. And then I had to go through that when I divorced the um, uh, that second relationship because they came with a level of security. You know, marriages have those those. Uh, archetypal securities that I had to step out of and humanity right now is being given an opportunity to face a lot of fears, fears around, you know, death, around sickness, around jobs, around money, around safety, all of it to give us an opportunity to see, do you want to be free or do you want to be safe, but safety at a cost, which means you got to sell your soul. You got to be willing to do what somebody else needs you to do and fit into their agendas because you cannot be safe in this world if you're looking for it outside of yourself and really be free to be your soul expressed. Those two things are totally complete opposites. But let, let's go ahead and, and wrap up this. Oh my gosh, it's been such a fun conversation. I, I want to make sure people know how to find you. So let me put up here your website because it'd be amazing if they can come and see you. So yoursacredtruth.com, www.yoursacredtruth.com. Let me spell it out for those who are listening to the podcast. Your, Y-O-U-R, sacred, S-A-C-R-E, truth, T-R-U-T-H.com, so that you can reach out to Rebecca and, and um, get a session, get, do whatever, whatever she offers, take it. <laughs> help you uh, glean more more wisdom so tell a little bit about what people can gain when they come and work with you absolutely um really again connecting in with our soul's expression bringing a level of awareness to that we can start to then embody that and permeate that throughout the many different aspects of our life and and it, it does really shift us from seeing the world through a black and white lens to technicolor. It's, it's like waking us up to all of the magic that has always existed. We just couldn't see it. And it, it does something to plug into our soul's essence, too, in terms of, wow, now I have this creative energy that's inside of me and i'm going to look for all the different ways that i can i can express that um, and when we use our soul as a fuel for that creative essence um, it's sustainable and that's one of the challenges of culture is it teaches us to plug into everything else instead of connecting in with source so when we start to to use source as that powerhouse it really does bring so much more abundance, purpose, and empowerment to our life. And, and that's the work, is how do I plug into that infinite abundance that's all around me by, by really tapping into my divine self-expression? Yeah, you know, the beautiful thing about this is the only thing you have to give up to receive that is limited beliefs, limiting beliefs, ideas about you that are limiting you, that are confining and defining you. That's really all, all that is required is a little curiosity. What else is there um, that maybe I'm not aware of? How much more is there to me that I've not tapped into? So it is a journey of self-discovery and, and it's uncomfortable only to the extent that we have to be honest that we're the ones who have limited ourselves. Right. Albeit with misinformation, albeit, you know, we were immature children who made agreements to believe things that are, that are, you know, that limit us, but we still have to make that correction in our own mind. We have to change our way of thinking. We have to release any of the, 
the pent up emotional trauma of the past. So this is not easy work, but it is very simple. You're just tapping in, into more of who you are. It doesn't get any more joyful than that. Um, share share your uh, a nugget of wisdom that you can leave folks with since we've been blessed with your presence and, and your story. And oh my goodness, thank you so much, Rebecca. This has been wonderful. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, as you said, um, Lina, it can be a challenge, but living in struggle and disempowerment and fear and shame is a challenge. So that which we gain from difficult experiences, it benefits us for all of eternity. So when you really get that, the soul level healing that you're taking part in now, that you're bringing consciousness to, that benefits your soul for the rest of eternity and not just your soul you're benefiting the people in your life your relationships you're you're taking that divine self-expression and you're putting that into the collective energy it raises the frequency of of humanity and then you can be of sacred service to the world so it's a very um, beautiful gift that we can give to ourselves absolutely but also to our family and all of the people that we love in our lives um, that's one of the greatest gifts that we can do is to do the work on ourselves and to really start to flower and to awaken to the truth that's all around us oh so beautifully said thank you so much for um leaving us with those, those final words what a wonderful wonderful nuggets and I've got a friend of yours who's going to be here next week. I've got Aaron Newman is going to come and talk about spirituality and business. No. And I just had with her last night. Oh, yes. I think I, saw, I might have seen that on Facebook. Um, she is just so wonderful. So, so wonderful. And, you know, so she brings that element of bringing spirituality into business and have that conversation. But she's also going through her own spiritual journey. And everybody that I bring here. Somebody on this path of self-discovery because we want to be all that we can be. So I just want to remind you to come back next Monday for that conversation with Erin. And I do these conversations every Monday, Align with Lina. And then I have different guests and different topics throughout the week whenever I get inspired to do those. Um, but please go to yoursacredtruth.com and learn more about Rebecca's work. Friend her on Facebook because if there's there's something that I am absolutely certain is those of us who tap into stores, those of us who begin to live authentically as the divine beings that we are, we are here as light workers, as bringers of truth. And we want to share with anybody who's interested. We really, truly want to see this planet shift because we know how good it can be. But we cannot give it to anybody. You've got to take it yourself. You've got to make this happen for yourself. All we can do is share how we did it and some of our tools, but we can give you that experience. You've got to do it. So thank you so much, Rebecca. And you are magnificent, sweetie. You are absolutely a, a gift to humanity. Thank you for shining your light so brightly. Oh, thank you. And thank you for creating this space for all of us to gather. It's, it's, it's amazing. Thank you. Bye-bye.